Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by From Within Records. Holy shit. How did you guys like Public Execution by Warren? That track is amazing. I'm so stoked for the Human Work LP. If you haven't had a chance yet, head over to the From Within Records Big Cartel and go pre-order yourself a copy of the Human Work LP by Warren. That shit's going to be amazing. Also... Did you get a chance to pick up a Malice of the Palace tape? Shirts and beanies are down, so hopefully you guys were able to snag those. Also, Payback Discography on CD coming next month. I'm super stoked on that. I'm glad to hear some movement there. Also, did you guys get a chance to check out the Shackled stream that they did with Hate56? If you missed out, you can head over to the Hate 56 YouTube page and check it out there. It's still up. It's such an awesome live set. Shout out to Shackled. Can't wait to hear that new record. Also, uh, roster posters for From Within Records are in. Super awesome. It was designed by Look Beyond Press. Shout out to Evan and Zach over there at Look Beyond Press. Those guys are doing awesome stuff, so please, if you haven't, if you're interested, you like posters, go check out that roster poster. It's pretty fucking awesome. And if you're not following From Within Records on Twitter or Instagram, please, I highly suggest you head over to their social media pages and hit that follow button so you guys can stay up to date on all the awesome news. And like I always say, please support From Within Records because they support us. On today's episode, we travel to Long Island. I always have to give a shout out to Long Island. Everybody that I've ever talked to from Long Island has been super awesome to me, super nice, and that just gets me stoked. So whenever I find out um, having a guest on from Long Island, it's a little special for me because uh, I think their scene is amazing. So many awesome bands, so many awesome, hardworking people keeping that scene alive. So shout out to Long Island. But we managed to track down TJ. He plays in so many awesome bands. He plays in Adrenaline, Koyo, Soul Provider, and Reign of Salvation. All great bands. And I was always kind of fascinated on how this one guy managed to be in so many awesome bands. So I tracked him down and just wanted to talk to him about uh, his music career, how he got into hardcore, and all the current things going on with the bands that he's in. There's some some news in there so please stick around enjoy the conversation because it it, it was awesome i I was uh, so happy to finally get to know tj and just hear about what he has going on and what's he doing on long island so strap in and enjoy this conversation so please without further ado welcome tj rodolico to the show Welcome to the podcast, TJ. How's it going? Uh, not bad, dude. I just want to uh, say thank you uh, for being so patient with my schedule. Uh, for everybody listening, um, the last episode I did with uh, Chris Linkovich, I mentioned that I might have COVID, and it turns out that I did have uh, COVID, and I was down for about a week and a half, and it was uh, terrible. 
but I beat it. And I'm just happy that you're willing to work with my schedule and, um, you know, push the podcast back about a week. So I'm just stoked that you're here today. Oh, dude, of course. I, uh, I'm very free right now. <laughs> okay. So I'm just curious cause, uh, uh, you play in a bunch of awesome bands, but I'm not sure where you're located. Uh, I live on Long Island. Oh, okay. Awesome. Damn. I, I love, uh, so many bands from long island and i'm so stoked on this uh on on the scene so i'm uh you know pretty hyped to know that you're actually uh living on long island yep i uh yep i live like kind of like in the middle of long island like almost like the exact center but i might be moving soon so we'll see Okay. All right. Okay. We'll get to that. But I'm, I'm just curious, uh, as far as, um, like your upbringing, did you grow up on Long Island? No. So a lot of people actually think that I, I grew up on Long Island and I moved away and came back, but I actually did not. I, um, so my entire extended family and both my mom and dad grew up on Long Island. And, um, so I grew up actually in Maine, crazy enough, which a lot of people, don't know oh wow and then uh yeah and then i uh i spent i i've also spent time in like massachusetts and went to school in massachusetts but ever since i was a little kid i had been visiting long island and uh i started making friends like actual friends on long island in like 2009 so um yeah i have like a very long rooted history that i often have to explain to people I'm I'm curious. If, if, you know, we got time, so I'm I'm curious. How did you, uh, you know, start in Maine and then work your way towards Long Island? Um. So when I was young, um, you know, my uh, both my my parents moved to Maine, and uh, it's just me and my sister, and um, you know, Maine is like very northern Massachusetts. Like everybody kind of assumes that it's just like, oh, you see a lot of bears up there and uh i live in like the, like the southern part like a massachusetts like the massachusetts borders maybe i don't know like i can i can get there in like an hour and 15 minutes maybe okay and uh everybody always brings up like bangor too and like stephen king and i'm like i was like yeah that's like a couple hours away from me so um but as like a as like a younger kid i always there was something about like long island always felt more like home to me i guess and like i don't mean to to come off as like the stereotypical oh you know i hate where i grew up but you know maine just never really felt like home to me and so you know even as like a little kid always going to long island and stuff and visiting family and being there for extended periods of time i always just kind of i attached to it and um i knew in like my uh adult life that i wanted to be there so uh i've been here like the last couple years okay and i'm just curious at at what point did you start getting into uh hardcore um i would say like listening to hardcore or or more like in involved in hardcore uh with i'm listening to it like what were the early stages like for you and where uh, did you discover it I would say maybe this, the summer between eighth grade and my freshman year of high school, I, uh, I spent a lot of time on YouTube and through YouTube, I found uh, a lot of bands that I love. So 
Um, some of those were like, uh, like Have Heart and Foundation, Terror, Guns Up, uh, Down to Nothing, stuff like that. So what started you on that YouTube rabbit hole? Like wh- what kind of music were you listening to beforehand? And like, how did you get to that point where you're on YouTube searching up hardcore bands? Um, so I would say, so my bread and butter is definitely like, like early 2000s kind of stuff. Like I love bands like uh, Taking Back Sunday and Glassjaw and, uh, you know, like, I guess like all that kind of stuff. And like Thursday mm-hmm. and Jimmy Worlds and, you know, a bunch of stuff kind of like that. And then um, I want to say maybe in like the sixth grade is when, um, like I heard, like I, I remember to this day still, um, like the video for Smile in Your Sleep by Silverstein. That was like the first time I had heard like more aggressive music. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually this was like a little bit before, like I mentioned like Glassjaw and like Thursday and stuff. But um, this was like a, probably like a little bit before that. And I, I saw the music video and I couldn't believe like how like heavy the guitars were and like how high gain it was. And, you know, there's just so much like energy and like, I was just looking for that energy. And then from there through like all like the two thousands, like post hardcore bands. Um, another one to, to mention census fail was like another big one for me too, like early census fail. And then, you know, kind of through like that rabbit hole, I kind of found like actual hardcore music. And when you're getting into it, did you have like a circle of friends that listen to the same type of music or were you in it by yourself? Honestly, I was pretty in it by myself. Um, I had two friends by the names of Jeff and Andrew and like, we all like the same, um, like the 2000s stuff. Like, you know, we all love taking back Sunday and Jimmy world and, you know, fall up like early fallout boy and all those bands and stuff like that. But, um, like we definitely kind of grew into like stuff like Silverstein and Census Fail and Thursday and stuff like that. But as far as like actual hardcore goes, I think I was kind of like the only one to really take the step into that world. And uh, kind of, you know, I, I ended up finding some friends uh, like outside of school and stuff through like music. And, you know, obviously we like, we like the same kind of music and I, I found them, but um I would say mostly alone. Okay. No, yeah, I totally get that. I remember when I was getting into hardcore and my friends just thought it was such a weird thing for me to get into because it was was so foreign to them. But I was just like, yo, like this is something that I love and I want to, you know, explore more because I I just, when I was younger, I felt like I I could, I could never get enough. And I felt like there was just so much ground to cover with, uh, Mm. you know, trying to discover new bands and just even getting getting out to shows. So it, it was a little strange because I, I had like my friends that I would like hang out with at school and we would do stuff after school, like, you know, play video games, go out to the movies, whatever. But then when it came to um, wanting to go to shows and seeing these bands live, like uh, those guys were just like 0% interested. And I had to kind mm-hmm. of just like carve my own path and uh, make friends 
which was uh, cool that I was able to find other people that listen to the same music as me. And luckily they were older. So I was able to get out to shows at a pretty young age. So it, it was definitely strange having like these like two separate friend groups when I just wanted it all just to be one. It's funny. Uh, I have one other funny thing, actually, to tie the whole uh, the whole Long Island connect together. Um, visiting Long Island at uh, a young age, actually, and meeting like so many people in like I want to say from like 2009 to like 2012, maybe. Um, like I was like a pretty young kid. Uh, visiting Long Island and meeting so many people actually exposed me to the most hardcore, like. I would, uh, you know, I would talk to them and they would give me bands too. Like just besides uh, YouTube and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that's just another way that Long Island comes into this. And at what point did you go to your first hardcore show? Um, I want to say like maybe because I, I was going to like some mixed bill stuff. But I would say like my first like real true like hardcore shows were probably like early 2012 and was that on Long Island? Uh, no, there was there were there would be some shows in like Portland or like you know I would go down to like Massachusetts or like New Hampshire or whatever. But um, yeah, you know there wasn't like a ton of stuff uh up by me, so like I was really doing like a lot of like traveling. And were those like long commutes? Uh, they're not they're not terrible. You know, they were maybe. Again, maybe at most, maybe like an hour and 20 minutes. Like if I was to go down to like Massachusetts area. But, okay. you know, I'm on, I was in like Southern Maine, so it wasn't like horrible. And then like there's Portland and stuff too, which was like, I don't know, maybe 30 minutes away too. Yeah, I remember when I was younger and living in an area uh, that didn't have an active scene, uh, it was mandatory to, to travel to, to get to shows. So anything under three hours for us was like totally fine. Uh, but if like we had to make the trek to, to like Vegas, which was like, you know, three and a half to four hours, that was kind of a mission for us. But um, like I said, a- anything under three hours was, was totally fine. And then when I got a little older and I moved uh, to Orange County, like I, I could get to a, when shows were happening, I, I could get to a good show in like you know, 20, 30 minutes, which was like, it felt like such a luxury um, versus when I was growing up, like, you know, I had to like do like at least like it was like four hours round trip just to get to a show and get home safely. God, that's, that's, that's miserable. I hear, I, I've heard about that from people on like the West coast and some people in like the Midwest as well. They say, you know, Oh, I traveled, you know, x amount of hours and i'm like oh that's just that's crazy yeah it, it was rough like uh, the, the drive to the show was always fun because you know we had the the anticipation of wondering what the show was going to be like you know what kind of merch the bands were going to have uh so th- that was fine but it was always the drive home that sucked because like we'd have to debate like okay do we have enough time to to stop and eat which you know will tack on like an extra 45 minutes or do we, we just want to say fucking just go straight home and just try to get home at a reasonable time because like we'd be leaving the show uh you know uh 10 maybe 11 just depending on uh, what time the show let out and we'd be getting home like super late into the evening and then you know people had worked the next day or from like me i had school the next day so it, it was always just rough just on that drive home yep that's that's definitely the uh the most miserable part of it yeah because the the fun's over everybody's fucking tired exhausted from just like a crazy night 
uh, doing whatever at the show, but, uh, but, but it's totally worth it. Like we, we were so down and I, I'm still thankful to this day to all my older friends that drove back then that they were always so down to, to want to make that trip. Cause, uh, you know, obviously growing up, getting a car and being able to drive, you, you, you realize the sacrifices people make sometimes just to get out to a show, especially when you don't live anywhere near the venue. Absolutely. Yeah, so I'll forever be thankful because uh, those memories that I have from going to shows when I was younger, it, it was uh, just like very important. And I feel like um, going to those shows and getting to experience stuff at such a young age, it was um, very important. And um, it's, I think that's what is, or that's part of the reason why I'm still here to, to this day is because um, I got to experience so much at a young age and realized how much I actually love this scene. Absolutely. You're like a... Uh... As a young kid, you're like a sponge. You just you just kind of take in everything. You know, it's weird. Is like I, I I still feel that way. Like I'm I'm always curious about new music. Like I, I've never got to a point where I ever felt jaded about the music. I feel like from day one, I've just been in love and just have always been so curious about. Uh, you know what new bands are popping up and like where bands are coming from whether they're from like a you know bigger scene or just like a smaller scene just in the middle of nowhere i i, I just have never uh just never got like like uh like I, i've never felt content with just listening to the bands that i you've know, been listening to for years i I'm, I'm always craving for for what's new what's next and uh, you know where kids are coming from that's the best mentality to have yeah, it, it always trips me out when I uh, know people or I, I hear about people who just who just drop out and just disappear and just don't even listen to the music anymore. That that always just boggles my mind. What's what's even worse than that is, um, you know, the people that like talk shit on, you know, stuff like that. And it's like, hey, like, you you know, you were you were there once. OK. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I definitely run into the people where they're like, oh. Uh, you still go to shows like haven't you grown up yet and i'm like what Th that makes no sense like just because i still go to shows doesn't mean i haven't grown up it it's such like a ridiculous concept for sure you know i think uh if anybody can take away uh anything that i say today it's just do you for sure and that's what i i, I wish uh, so many people would do because I, I I know so many people who aren't like comfortable in their own skin and are uh, dying to to be cool in hardcore and I'm just like dude like you don't understand like you as an individual like you're already cool um, you don't have to put on this front try to impress these people who really don't care about you and it, it, it's, it's just kind of sad to me that there, there's so many people out there that aren't comfortable in their own skin Absolutely. You know, I just want, um, you know, the best, like I said earlier, uh, you know, just do you, you know, you don't need to worry about other people and what they're doing. Just worry about yourself and focus on yourself, especially, uh, you know, in this, in this period right now too. I think that's super important. hundred percent. Um, curious about you. Um, when did you start, uh, playing music? Um, I want to say like, like guitar or bands. Uh, let's start with a guitar. Okay. So I got my, uh, I got my first guitar when I was, I think like 13 Okay. and it like sat in my room for a whole year before I actually played it just because, uh, I, it's funny cause I still have the same mentality, but it's just like, you know, I can't do it right now then it's just like, ah, oh, like why bother if I just can't pick it up? But, um, 
you know, so I got a guitar when I was like 13 and, uh, crazy enough, like I had a friend who came over and he's like, Oh, you're, you're, he's like, Oh, your, your guitar is like, like super out of tune. And he tuned it and he showed me like a couple like little riffs. And I was like, Oh my God, like, this isn't like, this isn't hard at all. This is pretty easy. And then I, uh, I figured out like tablature and yeah, I was learning like some of my favorite songs. Like I think, I think the first song I ever learned on guitar was like the anthem by good Charlotte. That might be like, that might be like the first song I ever learned. I think either that or like, I don't know, maybe, maybe cute at the E. Okay. And so you're, you're just like self-taught. Uh, yeah. Yep. So basically, you know, I would just look up tabs for stuff and then, uh, you know, I'd learn it and, uh, you know, that's the way I just, I learned guitar. And I know that's the case for a lot of like my friends and people I know, they're all just like, ah, you know, we just learn how to play through learning songs that we like. Dang. That's kind of a trip that, that one encounter with your friend coming over and tuning your guitar just kind of changed your whole direction. <laughs> it's so funny because like i i mean he he was like very like minimally interested in guitar like he just kind of he like knew a couple riffs just you know messing around on guitar and stuff and he's like he's like oh dude like you know it's like it's like pretty out of tune and he just he just fixed it up for me and uh i was like oh like all these these these, these chords are making sense now and uh it sounds really stupid but it's 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 true. It's totally true. And I I think that's uh, pretty crazy because I've tried to learn to play bass, and I just uh, tried guitars. Like, dude, it's so foreign to me. So just to hear you be like, oh, uh, you hear that that one little riff from your friend, and it just kind of clicks, and you're like, oh, this is easy, and it just kind of sent you down this crazy path. That <laughs> that's wild. Yeah, I uh, I mean, are you are you still learning bass? Oh, no, no, no. It, it's been a long time since I've even tried because uh, being in a band is a lot of work and just to have to get a group of people together to uh, be kind of responsible and just uh, try to be organized. It's just a lot of work. And I respect people who can get it done. But for me, I'm just like, I don't have that kind of time. No, understandable. But hey, even if you have free time just for yourself, bass, bass is fun. People kind of undervalue bass. It's seriously super fun and it's super easy. Like once you get the hang of it, you're just like, oh, you know, it, it'll just kind of click. I'm sure that's, you know, easier uh, done. I'm sure that's easier said than done. But like once it clicks, I swear it'll just click. I feel like I had way more success at playing the drums. I feel like I, I played the drums way better than I could ever play the bass or guitar. Because like whenever we would have band practice. That's all I'd want to do. I'm like, man, I don't want to play my stupid. Cause I, I used to be in like a pop punk band. We sounded like four years strong. And I was just like, I don't want to play this stupid keyboard. I, I, I was you know designated keyboard player because they needed somebody to play the keyboard. And I kind of knew how to play. So I was like, fine, I'll do it. But like at band practice, I'd be like, I don't want to do this. I just want to play the drums. So 
uh, we wouldn't even like there'd be times where we'd have practice, but we wouldn't even actually practice because I'd be on the drums trying to start a side <laughs> side project. Like my uh, drummer at the time, he knew how to play guitar. So I'm like, dude, go get on the guitar. Let's just start something cool because I don't want to play the stupid keyboard and we would, like waste time. But and I felt way more comfortable behind a drum kit than I ever felt holding a bass or guitar. Drums, dude, I, I couldn't fathom playing drums. I'm like, I've started like learning how to demo drums on like my laptop. And mm. uh, my friend Joey actually got me a keyboard for Secret Santa. Oh, and, wow, okay. you know, you plug it in and like you kind of, you know, you, you kind of piece it all together. It's pretty fun. You know, I'm, I'm getting the hang of it. But that's as much, that's as much as I'll do. So I'm sure at some point you had a sat behind like a real drum kit and tried... Oh, dude, that's that like <laughs> that's when like you know you'd go sit behind the uh, the drum kit and it's like, oh, practice is over. The guy who doesn't play drums wants to play drums. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. pack it up, boys. Let's go. <laughs> Seriously, that was my, that was always my, my favorite part because I I hated playing the keyboards and that's all I wanted to do was just uh, you know just play stupid beats, do crazy breakdowns. And just, I, yeah, it was just way more fun than just playing the keyboard. Dude, I, I, I couldn't fathom just playing the keyboard. I, I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, okay. it's, it's funny because, like, I'll see, I'll see, like, old videos of, like, like you said, like, four years strong. And, like, mm-hmm. he's just rocking out on the keyboard. And, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's funny for sure. Well, okay, so... I'm not like a professional like keyboard player. It was a it was a synthesizer, so I would just make you know cool sounds that went along with the music that we played, and to to trick everybody into thinking that I actually knew how to play the keyboard, I learned part of this classical song for Elise. I'm sure you've heard of it. Um, so I learned just just a part of that. So that's how I would like tune. I would like you know plug in, and then before. Uh, the you know before a set like we'd all be setting up and then i would just play that part of for release and then people would be oh shit this guy knows how to play the keyboard but in reality <laughs> I, I didn't i just learned that part just to trick people because because i i would play it um you know as like a normal piano and then i would switch to the synthesizer and all the crazy sounds so it, it, it was it, it was weird I, I didn't really have any real talent it was just up there i was just making noise to be honest <laughs> i mean hey whatever works yeah, it, it was. Um, I, I felt way more comfortable doing that than being a front man because I used to sing for a hardcore band, and that was nerve wracking because I hated having all the attention on me because I was the singer. So I'm um, switching uh, and doing a different band and playing the keyboards. That was way more fun because I felt like less responsible for the band and like less attention. So that, that that's exactly what I wanted. Oh, for sure. It's it's funny. There's some sets where. Like I get really nervous just setting up. Like I just like to set up my stuff and be ready. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of yeah, I I understand what you're saying. Then uh, you know I could never, I could definitely never front a band either. I just I don't have it in me. I'm just uh, I'm a little too shy for that. <laughs> well, maybe that could help break you out of being shy. We'll just put a mic in your hand and kind of just put you up there. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I'm 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 curious because you play in in my opinion a a bunch of really good bands. So I'm I'm curious uh, how you got into all these bands and what you do exactly for these bands. Thank you, I appreciate that. Um, so I play guitar in Reign of Salvation, Coyo, and Soul Provider, 
and then I play bass for Adrenaline. Okay, so I'm I'm curious. So um, we'll break down each band. I'm curious about Adrenaline. How did you link up with those guys and join that band? So when I I used to play in this band called Atonement, and uh, my friend Jeremy Clark, shout out Jeremy Clark, Beacon Falls. Um, he was good friends with like the Queensway guys. And so, you know, we, we, we used to hang out with the Queensway, the Queensway guys like periodically. And, uh, you know, I kind of became friends with them. And then, you know, later in time, I, I got the, uh, the adrenaline songs, you know, I was just like, you know, these are great. Like, I, I love these. And, um, you know, uh, Jack was like, hey, yo, like, would you want to play an adrenaline or just to, you know, fill in for the first show? And so I went to the guitar center and <laughs> I just like picked up a bass like off the wall. I was just like, ah, this one looks pretty cool. And uh, I literally bought it. No case, pretty chaotic. Um, I like, I think I like wrapped it in a blanket and I drove down to Baltimore, which was the, uh, the first adrenaline show. It was with uh, Vane at this, uh, this like food spot and it was like it was crazy like there was like a there was like a hundred kids packed into like this this food spot and uh yeah i don't know i just i just had that feeling like that crazy feeling and afterwards you know i was talking to them and i was like you know uh like if you guys want me to do it like i'll i'll do it and you know the rest was history Damn, that's crazy. Wait, so did, but did you have like a base? Uh, did you have like a cab or, or anything, or you just bought the base and was hoping the show <laughs> backline? Uh, oh yeah, no, dude. I, like literally nothing. Like I said, not even like a case. I bought a case afterwards, but like <laughs> you know, I was like, well, you know, if it doesn't work out, maybe I'll just return the base. So <laughs> I, um, you know, I, I, I just bought the base. It showed up. <laughs> play the songs i didn't even practice with them like i just learned the song showed up and played that's wild and how long is that drive from uh, long island to baltimore uh on a good day like maybe three hours okay damn that's not bad that i'm, I'm so jealous of like you know you guys out there on the east coast because everything like all these different states are so close oh yeah no we're, we're spoiled for sure yeah, because like I live in Southern California and I could get to uh, Arizona, but that's like a you know to, to get to Phoenix that'd be like a five hour drive from where I'm at. Um, to get to uh, Las Vegas, that's uh, probably like three and a half hours, and I'm just like, dude, that's so far. But I'm um, obviously like I live in California, we're a giant state. Obviously, so we have like some awesome scenes down here in Southern California, and uh, we can drive up to NorCal. Uh, you know, awesome bands up there, cool scenes, but it's just like all those other states, like, you know, where you're at, just like, you know, everything's just like way closer. And I feel like there's so many different scenes with like different vibes. And I always wish that I could experience that. For sure. Yeah. Um, it's cool. Like I, I love going down there and playing down there. The shows are always really cool. Yeah. And so I've definitely bugged, uh, you know, Jack a bunch of times through the DMs. He, he's a really nice guy, but I'm just so curious about adrenaline. Like, it, it's been a minute since we've, um, you know, s since the first record drop. Can we expect any new music? Are you guys working on anything? Anything you can talk about? Yep. So there will be 
there's a new EP that will be recorded pretty soon, I believe. I think it's going to be like five or six tracks. And uh, as far as like uh, a release date, that I don't really know. But uh, there is a new EP that, that will be recorded soon. Okay, that's that's great news. I'm super stoked to hear that because I feel like Adrenaline came out, but just didn't really have the chance to do a whole lot because obviously, you know, the record came out uh, like mid 2019, and then we obviously know how 2020 went. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm just like still dying to to have Adrenaline come out to the West Coast because I feel like you guys would kill it out out here because that 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 first record i was listening to it the other day and that the, the, the whole the music the whole record i feel like still holds up and it's just like really good music and i just want a chance to experience it more and have you guys get out here and just get more exposure and get in front of more people oh dude for sure like it it definitely was kind of talked about but you know it is what it is we got to do uh we got to do two tours and touring with adrenaline is just like the best like everybody is so like nice and kind and respectful of each other but like we also get chaotic but like respectfully chaotic um you know when when mambo number five comes on the uh the ox it's game over you know we're we're punching the ceiling at 3 a.m driving through you know wherever that's awesome well hell yeah i'm definitely stoked to hear that you guys got um you know you guys are about to record some new songs um and another band that you're in soul provider i i feel like you guys dropped the demo and then just kind of disappeared (laughs) i mean that's kind of uh i mean soul provider is just like koyo switched around like it's uh like joey goes to bass and then harold is singing okay and then uh you know we it's that you know that friend group we had talked about doing like multiple bands together and we were like okay we want to do a band like this and then we want to do a band like that and like we threw a couple styles out there and the winners were obviously koyo and soul provider but uh soul provider uh soul provider is like a hidden gem i think like i I definitely uh you know it's i definitely think it's it's pretty decent and um and there definitely are some uh there are definitely some new soul P tracks, you know, floating around. Well, I, you know, I don't know when they'll be recorded or whatever, but you know, it's, it's, you know, we're thinking about it for sure. Yeah. I, I, I definitely feel like, uh, soul provider um, is a hidden gem. Cause it, like I said, you guys just dropped the demo and disappeared. And, uh, obviously I feel like long Island has been staying busy you got a bunch of new bands coming out of there, like, you know, Painted Truth, uh, you know, Jab's mm-hmm. doing some some awesome stuff. So I, I, I just feel like maybe people forgot, but I, I, I'd never forgot because w- w- when it came out, I was just like, dude, this demo is fucking awesome. And I, I seriously had no idea. Um, or, or, or I, I didn't know anybody else in the band besides you because um, obviously it's in your, your bio. So I, I, I didn't know uh, Joey and Harold were in the band. Oh, yeah. No, like... Uh- soul uh soul provider is just like it's just like a for fun thing it's not like a serious uh not like it's it's nothing serious at all it's just you know for fun and you know we switch around on instruments and uh you know it is uh it is what it is 
that kind of blows my mind that you're saying it's just for fun, but the music's so good. It, that, that, that's just crazy <laughs> that you guys are just like, Oh yeah. Like we're all, I guess just so talented. Let's just do this really good band for fun, drop a demo <laughs> and then disappeared. But you, you mentioned there's um, some tracks floating around. So you, you guys have recorded new stuff um, you know, after the demo. No, no. Like there, there are some, you know, uh, like being written, I guess they're, they're, uh, you know, we have them, we have written in our in our minds and uh you know we have like our chat where like you know we all send videos and stuff and uh you know i it'll <laughs> whatever it happens it happens that's that's all i'll say <laughs> okay so there's a chance that i could go see koyo and there could be a surprise soul provider set yeah it's, it's gonna be <laughs> it's really the kid who shows up to koyo is gonna be really surprised when they uh when when they see us swap around instruments and they uh they hear soul provider yeah it's I mean, definitely gonna be a lot of confusion yeah because people are gonna start getting punched in the face and kids are be like, what is going on this is not what i expected that's, yeah <laughs> that's wild okay um what was it like recording with uh chris reaney shout out chris reaney uh you know a uh, former guest of the podcast I, i'm a fan of everything that he does chris reaney is wonderful uh we've recorded we did the first rain EP with Chris. We did the first Koyo EP with Chris. We did this new upcoming Koyo EP with Chris. Okay. We did Soul Provider and Chris has Chris has a hand in almost every single like new Long Island band. And if you live in the Northeast, I would totally recommend taking the trip to see Chris. He is just wonderful to work with. Yeah. And I, I didn't know this, but he, he actually drummed uh, on some tracks for, for a buddy of mine for his band. And I was like, dude, that's crazy. I, d- I didn't even know he provided that service. And like the drum sound oh, yeah. sounded really good. And I was like, that, that that's awesome. He Yeah, I'm seriously like on top of being a great guy, I, I seriously appreciate everything that he does um, with recording bands because I, I always feel like he does a really great job. He's wonderful. He, like I said, he has a hand in so many Long Island bands right now. It's ridiculous that, and you know, he'll also give you feedback. Like he's just not a, you know, hit, hit play and whatever happens happens, you know, he'll give you feedback. He'll give you that commentary of whatever you need. Yeah. And I feel like that's, that's a really good thing is because uh, it you know, shows that he actually cares about what he's working on and not just there to you know punch a clock and record a band and then get out of there, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, he, like I said, he's a, he's a great friend. So it's, it's also wonderful to just do it with someone we know and feel comfortable with. Okay. <clears throat> so we, we mentioned Koyo a couple of times, uh, such an awesome band. I, uh, yeah, it, it's hard for me to d- describe Koyo to people. I always just tell them just to go, go listen to the band and, uh, you know, they're yeah. going to be, <laughs> they're going to be pleasantly surprised, but I'm a huge fan of Koyo and it, it sucks that you guys haven't really got to do much because you know the record came out like right at the beginning of COVID. Yeah. And we only played uh we played one show mm-hmm. in January before the record came out and it's on YouTube and uh that's all we've gotten to do. Was that weird for you guys to to play a set before the music was actually out? Um no, I don't think it was like super weird. It definitely, it was a cool show. It was a super, super cool show. Um, it was with, it was that Seed of Pain uh, morning tour. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was at this this spot in Ronkonkoma. And uh, it was like, 
it was us, uh, Seed of Pain, Morning, uh, a band from Long Island's Coal Warehouse. It was like their, it was their their last show, and uh, there was like a couple, there was like a few others, and you know the place was just the place was just packed. Like I think, I think before like we just opened just because you know we, we don't have any music whatsoever, and I believe the show before any bands played had like a hundred. 16 people paid or something like that and so you know it was cool just to be able to play and have people you know just see it and maybe if they like it you know they'll they'll check it out when the actual record comes out so i'm curious how did koyo get on that bill and not soul providers i feel like that be like more of a soul provider show versus a koyo show if that makes sense um I don't know. Like, I think, I think the mixed bill thing is cool. Like, it's it, it's funny. Uh, in the same night, there was a Taking Back Sunday cover and a Bulldoze cover, and like, it was just cool. Everybody was vibing with it. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not mad at it because I'm obviously I'm a fan of multiple genres of music, not just hardcore. So when there's a chance that I get to see a mixed bill, I always get excited. So I'm like, all right, cool. This is awesome. Because it's normally, you know, I, I probably wouldn't see, uh, you know, a certain band on this bill, but the fact that they're here tonight, it makes it a little more special. So I'm, I always soak in those moments. And I, and I always think it's cool for, for the band that is kind of like the, the outcast, because I feel like there's more attention on them just because they sound different than the other bands. Mm-hmm. yeah it's seriously it was it was just super fun okay but yeah so one show and then COVID happens and man it, 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 it's crazy that we're here in 2021 and it's still going on because it's just like damn I, I like i feel like you guys uh koyo would have uh you know blown up by now if you, if shows were able to happen and you guys were able to be active it uh you know it is what it is. You, you know, we, there is only so much that we could do, but, um, you know, in this time we're, uh, we're writing a bunch of new music and, and we have a new EP that will come out, uh, maybe sometime in like the spring or early summer, but you know, we're, we're staying busy for sure. Yeah. Cause the, you, you guys, um, did the short beach session, uh, session, excuse me which I thought was um, pretty awesome. Yeah, that's just like, we all like uh, like the audio tree, uh, tiny elephant, like like that kind of stuff. And we pretty much, I remember like waking up and getting a text and it's like, hey, we're going to do that acoustic thing today. And I'm, <laughs> I'm like, all right. Uh, you know, we, and, uh, we went to the beach. We had our friends, uh, Mark, James, and Nick, kind of like help us set up the video and the audio it was a super like diy thing and then our friend ridge uh put it together uh both like the audio and the video for that but funny enough i actually bought an acoustic guitar after that for that whole thing i used joey's like old acoustic guitar that had been sitting in his case for like i don't know however long but I, I i literally bought an acoustic guitar like after that happened <laughs> i'm surprised you never owned one before dude i was i'm just like yeah i'm a hardcore kid like like what do i need an acoustic guitar for like i don't want to do this <laughs> but um 
it's funny. I actually, I'm going to be honest. I actually skip a lot of acoustic tracks on stuff. Wow. Interesting. I'm see, I'm the, yeah, opposite. I, a lot of, people love them. And I'm just like, I like like the fun upbeat songs and don't get me wrong. There's, there's some acoustic songs from certain bands that I like, but it's just like, you know, usually it might be a skip from, for me. See, I'm always in search of like that perfect acoustic song. Cause I'm always looking for new music to fall asleep to. So when I uh, see bands uh, that put out acoustic stuff, I'm like, all right, cool. This this might be a chance to uh, add something new to the playlist, something, uh, you know, just chill. But uh, I, I'm, I'm definitely a sucker for uh, acoustic songs. Yeah, no, I it's funny because like I, I got the acoustic guitar and I'm like, you know, like, I don't know how much I'm going to play this or like how much I'll use it. But like. I got it in the mail and I played it for a week straight and I didn't even, I didn't plug in my electric or anything. Like I just played acoustic guitar for like a week straight. And, you know, my friend Harold was telling me, he's like, you know, it's like, like playing a good acoustic guitar is addicting. And, uh, you know, he wasn't kidding. Like I, I really, really enjoy it. Okay. Um, I, I remember it was, uh, it was before the short beach sessions. You guys did an Instagram live and you were playing some songs. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, we've done that like twice. Like very, you know, just very all right, guys, like come over to my house, like bring the guitars and we're going to sit down and just do it. <laughs> yeah, I I I enjoyed those cuz I I I thought that was pretty cool that you guys were able just to kind of whip this thing up together. It didn't have to be like, you know, high production. I was like, cool. This is like a cool treat. I'm, you know, scrolling on Instagram and find out that, you know, Koyo is just here playing some songs. This is awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, we've done it like a couple times and I'm sure we'll do it a couple more times. Okay. Hell yeah, definitely looking forward to that. Um So you mentioned earlier that you also play in uh, Reign of Salvation. I'm a huge fan. I've had on uh you know a couple other members from the band on and I'm I'm, I'm just curious about um your experience with the band and what your time at uh, LDB was like. Yeah, so um, I want to say when I like first moved, I I hit up Sal and I was like, hey, like I want to do a straight edge band, and like you know, me and him just immediately agreed on like you know a metallic hardcore sounding band, you know stuff like Buried Alive and Foundation and Indecision and Turmoil and stuff like that. Like it was just an instant click, and so. Me and him wrote uh, like five songs and then we uh, kind of filled in the blanks with everybody and uh, then we recorded it. And uh, yeah, that's really, that's just really the uh, the birth of it. Yeah. And I, I definitely liked, uh, you know, all the releases that you guys have put out. Um, I'm curious, um, obviously you guys had a release, uh, you know, it was like uh, early summer last year. Have you guys been working on anything new? Um, I have, I definitely have some, some songs mapped out. Like I have, I have like a notes, I have like a notes, uh, like little plan, I guess. And I pretty much have like song one, song two, this idea, that idea. And, um, yeah, you know, we, I, I like just started getting together with Sal, um, just to like flesh out some stuff and, 
you know, just work on stuff. But to be completely honest, like Koyo has been, we've been like total Koyo mode to be completely honest, just with like a new EP and writing an LP and like there, you know, we're finally just getting back around to like rain stuff. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, hearing more rain of salvation. Cause I, like I said, I, I enjoyed in times of desperation. I felt that was like a super solid release and it, I was like sad that it was only three tracks. I was like, damn, like I felt like you guys nailed like that sound with that record. And I just wanted more. Well, that's, that's kind of the goal. <laughs> I like, I definitely, I definitely want people to want music, I guess. Like I would rather do something kind of small and awesome and uh, sort of have it as like a precursor to something bigger and better of that same caliber. So you're saying the next release will be a full length? <laughs> um, maybe, you know, uh, like a, a soft, you know, we've talked about it. We, we've definitely talked about, you know, like how long, you know, the next release will be and like when it would maybe be. And, you know, if like the right marketing plan uh, was behind it and it contextually made sense and you know people want it then it's like you know eh, it's a soft it's a soft yes okay because i'm always curious because i feel like once a band like puts out their first release there's like this like you know uh countdown clock like how much time do they have to to put out good music and and, and obviously it's different with every band like some bands will come out with a you know, couple of eps a full length and that might be it and, and then that's it or and then there's other bands that stick around for a long time which is awesome and just continually puts out awesome music so I, i'm always curious because obviously um you know we've gone through all the bands that you're in and i just look at all of them and i think they're all awesome and i'm like damn it like i just want new music from all of them but obviously you guys have this uh you know plan and your own timeline but for me as a fan i'm just sitting here waiting like god when is it going to come are they waiting too long or maybe like you know they, they have it all figured out and they're going to release it at the right time and i'm always just just curious like uh you know because obviously there's no real map or real right way to do it so i'm, I'm always curious about uh, bands and, um, and wondering if they are doing it the right way that's definitely something that like that's a conversation that I could have with like so many friends and like, you know, we could just hash it out for hours just because it's like, you know, there are some bands that are just better off as EP bands. And it's like, you know, you hear the classic tale of band that put out an LP and um, you know, it's like, it, it, you know, maybe it flops, maybe it just doesn't do as well as like they, they had hoped and it might kill the momentum. So it's definitely, it's definitely something that um, it has to like context I mean, for, for speaking personally for me, like it has to just contextually make sense. And, you know, maybe it's like, you know, we wrote, you know, 10 great songs and we're like, Hey, you know, these six are super strong, but these other four, you know, they could be better. Like, you know, let's maybe go with the, the EP instead. So, you know, it's really, it's really going to be like a play it by year type of thing and that. And especially with, with, with COVID, it's just, you know, every band is, you know, in a similar boat of like the guessing game and trying to figure out 
what the best thing to do is. I think every band should just put out music. I, I feel like we're, we're, we're past the point of, Oh, our show is going to come back this year. It's like, probably not. Like, if, if, if be, being realistic, if you look at everything that's going on right now, yeah, there are vaccines, but things are, aren't getting better. And, and people that I've talked to who are in like, you know, uh, professional bands. Um, nobody's uh, expecting to play a show this year. Oh yeah, no, for sure. I mean, there comes like a like you know, if if you told me that shows wouldn't come back for like five years, then it's like okay, you know, we're gonna release music, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, like like I said, like uh, like there will be new music from from Koyo. Uh, come you know probably like springtime or uh you know like early summer just because it's like you know we're we're due and uh you know we just want to put it out there and that i feel like like it's a little more digestible like you could just kind of listen to that in your your free time rather than like hardcore band x y and z so you mentioned this koyo release coming up is there a chance we can get a music video because I always feel like that's awesome when bands do music videos. So I always want to try to push and see if you guys can get together and actually make something like that happen. Uh, it's, it's been, uh, it's been talked about, you know, we've definitely, again, like, uh, you know, if it makes sense and, uh, we lay it all out and we want to do it, you know, we'll see what happens that. And, uh, we'll have to figure out the, uh, the song for it too, but we'll see. Okay, because I feel like, and especially with uh, your guys' style of music, I feel like it's it's a must that you guys do a music video. Oh yeah, no, we definitely, we definitely are chatting about it. I'll 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 leave it at that. <laughs> okay, for sure. Hell yeah. Okay, and I'm just going back to Rain of Salvation. I, I I was curious what your experience at LTB was like since that was like the last like hardcore fest, and we just passed like a you know a year since it happened. So I I was just curious what it was like for you to uh, be able to get out there and play. Yeah, so I had actually I had actually heard a lot about the fest um, like the previous year because just because I had a couple uh, friends bands who had either played or like they just went to go um, hang out at the fest or whatever. And everybody said it was so much fun and they had just a wonderful time. And, you know, when we got asked to play, I was super, super excited just because I had never really gotten to play like a big fest. And, um, you know, so we did a lot of, we did like a lot of prepping for it with like, you know, merch and, uh, like the the like the we did like the the, uh, the Peter Griffin video, mm-hmm. and um, you know just the other stuff just to like pump you know get it all pumped up, and uh, you know we got there and the vibe was just awesome. Everybody is so nice, and um, we got like a lot of thank yous. Uh, you know there a lot of people. What I didn't realize about that area, just because I, I had never played that area before, um, people are super appreciative just because they're like, you know, I would have never been able to see you guys or, you know, in band X, Y, and Z. And thank you so much for making the trek here. And they really, really appreciate it. And, um, 
yeah, I just, I seriously had such a fun time. And what, what's pretty cool is that uh, your set is one of the few sets that have made it onto YouTube so people can go and watch that, which I think is pretty awesome. I, I watched it a couple of times and I, I thought you guys did a really great job. Thank you. I appreciate that. I was, we were all really, really nervous. <laughs> yeah. But, but it seemed like the kids there knew what was up and, you know, uh, there's you know, people participating, singing along, moshing, and it looked like you guys got a really great reaction. Oh, for sure. It was probably, pro I mean, probably my favorite set that I've gotten to play and definitely, uh, I think probably theirs too. And yeah, no, I'm, I'm super appreciative of, of people who, uh, you know, moshed and sang along or bought merch or just hung out or whatever. Yeah. And like, hopefully whenever shows get back, uh, you know, hopefully LDB and all the other great fests will be able to, you know, kind of pick up where they left off. Cause I'm like, like as much as like fests are exhausting, uh, you know, obviously not, not having it for the majority of last year. And then so far this year, um, you know, that's, that should have happened or already, you know, passed. And I, I definitely miss it. And that's something that I just want to get back to just being, uh, you know, in a room, just hardcore all day, just awesome bands. It's just like, dude, like I just never thought that it would be gone for this long. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I've also had that conversation with a couple people, we were saying like, you know, the first, uh, the first couple fests back, it's going to feel like your very first time going to, going to one, like you, you know, you have that excitement of like when you were younger and you first went, it's, it's just like, you're going to, you're going to feel that same exact thing when it comes back. Dude, I, I felt that today because I, I'd been off work for, uh, two weeks and today was my first day back and I was just like, I, I couldn't sleep and I was just like, uh, this is like a weird feeling and just kind of getting back into the motions and just like seeing people who I would normally see every day. Um, but I hadn't seen them in a couple of weeks cause I was gone. It, it, it was strange. And it, it was, uh, it was like kind of a cool feeling to just be able to get out of the house and just do something normal versus like, you know, I was like trapped in my room, like wanting to die cause it was just so bad. So just like uh, just feeling good at work, which is like the weirdest thing. Cause normally I just want to, get out of there and normally I'm just like rocking out to like music or like podcasts, but it's just like, wow, like I'm back at work and I don't completely hate it. So it was just like a weird feeling because, you know, uh, you do it so often and, you know, it's just kind of part of your life. But then when it gets taken away from you for a couple of weeks, you, you, you kind of, uh, in a weird way, you, you kind of grow to miss it. It's weird. Absolutely. For sure. Like, it's funny. I was like, I was totally okay. Like the first, uh, the first like month or two, I was like, all right, like this isn't so bad, you know, it's fine. And like on Long Island, it's just like, you know, there's a show going on every week, you know? Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm like, okay, like it's, it's all right to have like a break. And it didn't really bother. It didn't really bother me until maybe like, I don't know. I want to say like a couple months ago, when it, it really started to like bother me and I was just like, wow, like, you know, I really, you know, I really, uh, I miss this a lot. And, uh, you know, it's crazy to think that this is the longest we've gone without going to a show since we first started going. Yeah. It's definitely a trip. Cause 
when I started going, that's all I wanted to do. That's all I was doing. I was going to shows, uh, you know, three, four times a week and then, uh, and then just kind of, you know, growing older, having a little more responsibilities, being an adult. Um, I would still at least go to one show a week because there's always something happening. There's always a band coming through or there is always some sort of local show happening. So the fact that we're literally coming, coming up on a year. Cause like the last show that I went to was like the, it was like the second week of March. It was like March 6th or 7th. So the fact that we're coming up on a, on, on a year of that. And um, yeah, there was like some secret underground shows that I uh, missed cause I didn't know about it. But um, like other than that, it's just like, yeah, there's literally been nothing and it's just so strange and so weird. But, but um, credit to, to the scene for um, so many bands still, staying active with what um you know in ways that they can with uh you know obviously these uh digital releases and these physical uh, records coming out and then bands doing live streams and just trying to stay relevant i uh, credit a lot of people and um uh, for working so hard just to try to keep this thing alive because obviously I, I felt like in real time before covid we just kind of assumed that shows were always going to happen uh there's always going to be bands touring but then this pandemic happens and it just takes everything away and everybody's like, holy shit, like we didn't expect this at all. So the fact that uh, there's so many bands and so many people working hard and still um, keeping it alive, even though we don't have um, probably the most important aspect of it, um, which is live shows. I, I, I think it's uh, you know cool to see us come together and still be able to keep it going, even though there are no live shows. Yeah, you know, you got to you got to stay creative in this time. Uh, I I th- I think I could speak for any for uh for everybody when I say this is the weirdest year of my life. But you know, it's, if you play in a band, um, you know, you know, write music, um, just stay creative in any way you can. And when I say write music, you know, whether it's if it's with yourself or like, you know, with like your close friends, just you know, if you can do something, you know, do that. Hundred percent. I I feel like uh, it's obviously um, the the pandemic's still going on, and uh, there's these protocols, so people got to stay safe. But I still feel like uh, people who have uh, you know or want to be creative, I feel like there are outlets for them, whether it be starting a band during the pandemic or even uh, starting a zine or doing a podcast or whatever, just to, just to kind of stay active and just keep this whole thing going. Cause it, you know, it it takes work, you know, if if it wasn't for a lot of people, uh, you know, doing stuff like podcasts or zines or these live streams, who knows where hardcore would be, um, you know, cause um, there would be no places for bands to to, kind of have that outlet to stay relevant, to be in front of people's eyes. So, uh, like I said, I, I I credit so many people for for staying creative and finding ways to to keep this thing going without live shows. Yeah, and even you know, even outside of music, just as well. Like I know, you know, I have a lot of friends who like working out or you know taking pictures of stuff or you know going for walks or bike rides. And you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of other stuff besides music you can also be doing in this time. Like I. Uh, I definitely felt like I got sucked into a, a hole of like kind of like laziness and it, it definitely like kind of sucked. And like, you know, I've been trying to like go for walks and do some other stuff just outside of music as well. hundred percent. I, I still involving music, but I picked up like a new, 
hobby, I guess you can call. <laughs> I just got into like a new genre of music. So I Oh. Yeah, so what, I, what genre? Uh K pop. So I, I and I was Oh cool. <clears throat> I, I I was trying to find a way to insert uh K pop. I'm da- I'm down with it. Yeah, dude, it, it's insane. Like like I always like knew about it. There was like some bands that were just so big that you couldn't really escape and like you know, I have like a lot of friends who have been listening to it, so I'm I'm like newer to it. But during the pandemic, I just kind of took the dive and then found out that there's like a, a couple lo- local record stores. And those have been like so awesome to me because I've been able to just kind of pop in and see what's going on and be able to pick up new records and just discover new bands. And like I spend so much time, like seriously, like 90 percent of the time I'm on YouTube, I'm like doing like K-pop research. I'm like listening to my current favorite bands on top of looking for newer bands and then watching like, you know, variety shows and uh, these live performances. So it, it's insane. Like I've, I've put so much time into it and I'm um, obviously um, you and I uh, were on zoom right now. So I'm actually going to uh, see if I can show you real quick. I, I have like this, uh, like my record collection for like these K-pop albums are like growing. Hold on. I have to drop my virtual background so you can see my room. Um, but like, hold on. Where's, go that way so see like all those those are all like k-pop albums oh okay yeah it's definitely like insane i'm just like collecting like all these like records and i've spent so much money and i I don't collect like hardcore vinyl or or anything i i just uh you know try to support in other ways that i can by buying like um obviously bands merch because you you see all these t-shirts behind me but when it comes to k-pop just the way they package their albums it's insane there's all these like extra little things that make it worth my while to spend the money on it and it, it, it's insane. Like I, I, I seriously oh, go yeah. go to the record store like like a couple times a week just to go see what's going on, just to kind of stock up on um, older stuff, and then obviously keep up with all the newer stuff that's coming out. It's insane. Absolutely, yeah. I haven't actually, I haven't bought a record in a long time. Uh, my records are actually at my uh, my parents' house, okay. but like the only record, the only like newer records that I've gotten are like our records. <laughs> For sure that's fair like like and when it comes to hardcore like obviously like i'll buy stuff from from within record shout out carter holmes and then uh sometimes uh you know i'll have guests on and then they'll send me their records and i'm like oh wow that that like thank you that's like so nice of you to to do and i i definitely appreciate it so i i, I do have some hardcore records but i don't have like a big collection definitely yeah i have like i don't know i gotta like one day when I go back to my parents' house, I definitely have to weed out some stuff. Just, you know, I, I kind of like forget what I have, honestly. Oh, man. that That's what I feel like when it comes to comic books. Because, dude, I have like thousands of comic books. And uh, a couple years ago, I um, was moving and I needed a place to store my comic books. So, obviously, I called my mom. And she was like, yeah, like, of course, bring them to the house. So, like, I have like so many comic books at my parents' house. And then I have like my current collection here where I currently live. And I just like, it, it scares me to think about sometimes where I'm like, damn it. Like at some point I'm going to have to go and retrieve like all the comic books at my parents' house. But it's just like, I don't know what I'm going to do with them. Cause there's um, so many awesome, like, you know, uh, books that I have that I've read and that I love, but it's just like, um, like part of me doesn't want to bring them here to Orange County. Cause it's just like, they're just going to sit there. Cause I don't reread them just cause I want to kind of keep them nice and, uh, you know, fresh. So it's just like, I, I think they might be better off at my parents' house, but hopefully my mom doesn't get too mad that they're just sitting in the closet for so long. Yeah. That's like, that's like being in the records, you know, that and like, maybe when I move, um, 
I'll 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 go and get them and bring them to you know whatever new apartment I I move into. Yeah, I, I totally forgot you, you did mention earlier that you're moving soon. So are you leaving Long Island? Um, so I'm looking. I've been looking with a friend right now. We're looking at like you know maybe like Western Long Island, Queens, Brooklyn kind of area. Definitely, you know, we're you know staying in New York, but just you know kind of try to figure out what is like the best place to live with our given budget mm-hmm. and timelines. And it's been a total, uh, it's, it's definitely been a project. I, I didn't realize how hard it is to try and find like a new place, especially like in this area. Um, you know, um, you have to like really you have to keep on it every single day it's like you know it's like getting a new job you gotta just keep on it and keep doing it and is there a reason why you want to move because i'm um, the area area you're speaking was that that's like closer like is that like more like in the city um so i i live like in the the middle like like the exact middle of long island mm-hmm. and i live like i don't know maybe like i can get to Harold's apartment in Brooklyn in like, I don't know, 45 minutes or so. But, um, you know, me and my friend, we both agreed. We were like, you know, we want to be like a little more out West towards the city or in the city, just because like the cost of living, you know, you, you get a little bit more for like what you pay for. Cause like Long Island, it's just like, it's so expensive. And, uh, you know, we've had, we've had better luck just looking in the city. So we'll see. But, um, I actually, I, I live with my my eighty two year old grandmother, and uh, she's actually selling the house come springtime. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm also just kind of overdue. Like I, you know, I like living living here has been wonderful, and I'm so thankful. Like she she's great. She's just the best. But you know, there also comes a time where it's like you know I got to move out and do my own thing and it's kind of like what i was saying earlier about you know falling into like a hole and becoming like too comfortable in what you're doing and um you know i am like desperately i am like so excited to like move out and have my own place and you know do what i want and have you know you know i can uh do it just you know whatever i want to do with the place i just i'm looking i'm really really looking forward to it yeah, no, I definitely get get that because I know that feeling. Um, before I, I moved to Orange County, I had just moved back into my parents' house, and I was uh, just living there because obviously, like you know, I, I have a good relationship with my parents, so uh, I can come and go and live with them when, like whenever you know, there's like open door policy, whatever. But when I moved back into my parents' house. I was just there and I, I had this crazy schedule. Like I would work and then I would come home and then I would play world of Warcraft with my uh, good buddy, Joe Sampson, shout out Joe. And we would literally play. Wow. For like the second I got home from work, I would just hop on. Wow. We would play for a couple hours and then we would take a dinner break. And then Joe and I would meet in the middle um, of our city, get dinner. And then we'd go back to our houses and hop back on. Wow. And then we would play until I had to go to bed for work and I did that for like, it was like probably like three months straight. And 
I, I didn't see a problem with it because I was having fun, uh, you know, just taking uh, Joe, just carrying me, taking down all these raids, getting the best, uh, you know, uh, equipment. And that's all I cared about because I was like, whatever, I don't, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to pay any bills because my, my parents didn't charge me rent. They just let me, you know, just kind of sit there because because um, at the time, whatever, I, I was just like going through some things. And just by chance, I go, I, I break my routine, which was weird. I don't even know why I did it uh, thinking back, but I, I broke my routine and I just went to the local Walmart just to, you know, I was like, oh, well, nothing else to do. So I went to the local Walmart, ran into a buddy and he was like, where the hell have you been? Like, this is crazy to see you here. And it was like a random time. Like it was like super late. So he, uh, he was just like, yo, like we got to get lunch. We got to catch up or whatever. And I was like, all right, like, let's do it. And like that encounter led me to having lunch with my buddy and then us discussing, uh, moving to orange County. And I was just like, okay, I was like, I should do it. And, and never in my life did I, did I ever think I would leave the desert. I always thought that I would uh, just live there forever because, uh, you know, I had a good job, getting paid, uh, you know, well. So I was fine. And I just never had the idea that I would actually leave. But when I was talking to my buddy and just talking about life and we just kind of decided to both take the plunge to move, I was like, all right, cool. I was like, if I, if I move now, I won't. Uh, I'll be able to kind of grow a little as a person because if I stay at my parents' house uh, or if I stay in the desert, I know that I'll always have that safety net of being close to my parents and that if anything were to ever go wrong, I could just drive across town and they would be there. They would help me out with whatever. But if I moved a couple hours away, that safety net wouldn't be there and I would be forced to have to be a little more responsible. And honestly, it was like the best decision I ever made because I, I, I moved and I just went through so many experiences that I would have never experienced if I just stayed in the desert and I definitely grew as a person. So it was like the best decision I ever made. And I was happy that I was able to go and not have to rely on my parents if any little thing went wrong. So, so it, it was cool. I'm, I'm happy that I did it. Um, it wasn't always fun, but it was definitely worth it. And I'm happy that I did it. And it's like, I've been here what it's 2021. So I've been in Orange County for 11 years and I never went back home. Oh, wow. Yeah, like uh, I, I definitely am hoping to, to, uh, to stay here in New York. I, I definitely like, like last resort. Like n- I never want to go back to to Maine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like never in a million years. But you know, I'm looking to stay here. But you know, if if there's only one other place I would consider living, where Massachusetts. Okay. Like whether, yeah, like I actually, like I, I went to school and, uh, I went to school and I, I actually had an apartment there for a while, but like Massachusetts is like the only other place I would ever consider living to be completely honest. You know, I did like an East coast trip like a couple of years ago and we stopped and, uh, there was like an edge day show, um, in, in Boston and we stayed in Cambridge and I, I thought that, Oh, what, what, what year was it? I think 2017 was 2017. Okay, because I, 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 I've gone to I've gone to a couple of them, but I don't I don't know if I was a 20. Who played the 2017 one? It was uh, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. It was like Blind Justice, Violence to Fade, Regulate, and a bunch of other bands that I can't remember right now. But I went because my buddy Keith Freeman, shout out Keith, um, he his bands were playing. So I, 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 it just so happened that we were passing through the day that the show was happening. So I was like, dude, I was like, I, I got to go meet Keith. 
and see his bands because I'd never seen him at that point. So we went out to support Keith and just uh, go check out the scene. It was pretty cool. Like, yeah, like I said, we got an Airbnb in Cambridge and it was just a really nice area. Oh, yeah, dude, that's that's a whole area you can just walk around in for like hours on like, you know, like a nice night or whatever. And you're just kind of chilling with your friends. You, you know, you can just walk around forever. Okay. Yeah. For me, the only other place that I would be able to live would be Orlando, Florida. Interesting. Why? Why Orlando? Oh, because Disney World. Because I'm a, like a huge Disney fan. That's a, part of the reason why. I oh moved, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Part of the reason why I moved out here. Like I literally live in the city of Anaheim. Like Disneyland's like ten minutes from where I live. Oh wow. Yeah. Florida would definitely be like a little too hot for me. <laughs> the uh, the heat and humidity give me headaches. Yeah. Like I just I couldn't do it. Yeah, honestly, the weather sucks ass. Like, I went, uh, I, I I do like an annual like Halloween trip with my friends, and we go uh, late October, and it's never nice. The weather always sucks ass. I I always pack like a hoodie, and then I get there, I'm like, why did I even pack this? There's no way I'm gonna wear this hoodie ever during this trip. And it, it's just like, yeah, you think late October it would be like nice, maybe like you know the weather's changing, it'd be nice fall weather, but. It just sucks ass. It's, it's still super hot. Now, luckily, like uh, that time, it's like past like the weird like monsoon season, so we don't really have to deal with the humidity too much. But it's still really hot, and it sucks. Yeah, I I uh, I think the hottest weather I had ever been in was I want to say like the fourth. It was either the fourth of July in Las Vegas or like the next day in L.A. And it was like 107 degrees out. And like, for me, that that's like the hottest weather I've ever been in my entire life. And like, I remember, <laughs> I remember like being in pants and like walking around and like having like a backpack. And I was like, I, <laughs> I, was, I wasn't doing too hot. And we're just out here for vacation or... Um, one of my, my old, one of my old bands, uh, Atonement, we did like a full US and, uh, that ended up going to like the, uh, the West coast and it was so unbelievably hot. Yeah. Vegas would be pretty brutal. Dude, where I grew up in Palm Springs, it would get super hot. I like, I remember I used to, uh, well, I, I still start working really early in the morning, but back when I lived in the desert, I'd get up for work. It's like 3 a.m. The sun's not even out, and it's already like 90 degrees. And I'm just like, what the hell's going on? This sucks. Straight up, I just, I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I like a nice, um, I like a nice, like, 50, you know, 50 to 60. Like, I like, like, sweatshirt weather. That's, for me, that's, like, pretty good. Or, like, you know, even 60 to 70. Like, a nice, you know, if I'm wearing a t-shirt out. But, you know, I, I, most, uh, I most get down with fall, for sure. Yeah, see, I live here in uh, Orange County, California, and the weather's nice, like like nine months out of the year. So we're pretty spoiled over here. I was about to say, I uh, we we actually had a snowstorm last night, and I was I was out shoveling the driveway at like eleven o'clock at night, and uh, I've only seen snow like a couple times in the last few years. And I was just like, I, I don't miss this at all. Like I just give me the, the 50 to 60 year round and I would be so happy. That's, that's insane. I, I've never um, had to shovel snow. I don't ever want to shovel snow. I, yeah, I, I, I can't even imagine that. It's wild. 
it was it was miserable. You know, there's nothing that builds more character than going out at you know eleven, twelve, and just shoveling snow at night just because you know it's gonna freeze the next day. Oh, so you're like preemptive because you want to be able to get out of your driveway. Like I knew it would be worse if I waited, and so I'm just like, all right, like I'm just gonna do it now. That's wild. I actually saw this crazy video. I probably shouldn't talk about it, but I saw this crazy video and apparently these like neighbors got into like a dispute over shoveling snow. I guess like the guy across the street was mad that uh, this couple was like shoveling their snow into his yard and he like came out with a gun and just killed both of them. I was just like, what the hell? This is insane. Cause I didn't think it would escalate that far. I'm just like watching this video. I'm like, Oh, they're probably just going to argue maybe a couple punches thrown, but this dude comes out with two different guns and just starts lighting up this couple. It was insane. Oh wow! Yeah, over snow. And I'm like, damn, that, that that must be like serious business out there. Yeah, it it, it sounds like it. Yeah, I I, I don't recommend it because normally I don't watch those kinds of videos. I'll just kind of steer clear. But this was on Twitter, so I was like, okay, maybe it can't be that bad. Just like somebody that I follow like reposted it. They're like, oh, check out this crazy video. But it was like, it was crazy. It was like intense. It's like, damn it, I didn't expect to watch that today. Mm, for sure. Yeah, I've tried like. I've honestly tried staying uh, off Twitter more in like quarantine, but just generally speaking as well, I've just tried to stay off Twitter. Uh, like part of me. I, it sucks. Like, I, you know, I know, I know what you're going to say it's like, you know, you, uh, you want to do it, but you, uh, you get sucked right back in. There's so much just free entertainment. Like I'm, I'm scrolling through and I'll just see the most ridiculous stuff. And I'm just like, dude, this is, this is why I keep, on Twitter, I was just, uh, and it's, it's just stuff that I would never even like imagine that would make me laugh. So that, I think that's why I stay on, and, and partly t- to stay up to date with a lot of things that I'm into. Like they, I, honestly, like uh, I get a lot of news from Twitter. Like you know, it'll start on Twitter, then I'll have to go do my own research just to make sure it's real. But it's uh, it, it's a crazy thing that that we have. Uh, it's crazy that it's free. It's just, yeah, it just turned into this crazy thing because obviously Twitter was way different in the very beginning and is not what it was um, intended to be. Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, I, I actually, I got off Twitter for like a little while just because it was more towards like the beginning of quarantine just because I was like, you know, I need a break from this. I just, you know, I don't want to be on here. And then, you know, some time passed and I was like, oh, like I'm so bored and like, I don't know what's going on. And like, like I said, uh, well, um, you know, I like to keep, I like to like keep up with what's going on with like my friends and like music stuff. And I need pictures of Shiba Inus and Panda videos and, you know, the whole nine yards. Yeah. I, I, I totally get it. When I was, uh, you know, battling COVID, I, w- I was just not even looking at my phone because I was like the last thing that I even cared about. Like I blew off so many people uh, and I apologize, but uh, I-, I felt so lost because I was like, oh, I haven't looked at Twitter in four days. Like, I don't even know what's going on. What's like, you know, w- what's going on with like my favorite people or like, you know, current bands. And I-, I remember when I was like well enough, I was like, all right, let me open my phone and see what's going on on social media. And I was just like so lost. I, I missed out on so much just being off of it for just a couple of days. Yeah, that's what happens. And what I kind of what I thought about in the time that I was not on Twitter was, um, you know, I was like, okay, 
I can just narrow my circle just to the people that I care about. And, you know, I don't have to see, uh, I don't have to see discourse A, B, and C over whatever. I can just narrow it to the circle that I want to see. And like, that's been fine for me. Like I, I, you know, I, I don't have any complaints at all. Yeah. Whenever there's like weird Twitter drama, you know, involving like hardcore or, or whatever, it, it, it's never like the, the source of it is never on my feed, which I'm like very thankful for because I'm just like, OK, like I don't really want to, uh, you know, be following those types of people. So it's just always like it'll like kind of bleed over and I'm like, oh, cool. There's like drama happening, uh, but I only get bits and pieces of it because I don't follow everybody. So I'm sorry. Right, cool. That's fine. I don't even care. I don't even want to know if it doesn't really concern me. I'm just going to keep on with my day and just, you know, keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah, no, I'm I'm the absolute uh, I'm the absolute same way that and a lot of the discourse is like, you know, especially revolving around hardcore, you know, I feel a lot of it comes from people who aren't directly involved at like a base level. And, you know, they might be talking about somebody else who's not directly involved at a base level either. Like, I, I definitely see a lot of stuff on there that's just like. Like, oh, this isn't like, this is really like not true at all. Or, you know, I was like, you know, like, why do you care about that and this? And, um, you know, it all goes back to, you know, just do you. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I see so many people get like so riled up uh, about like what people, um, who aren't even like actively like, you know, like involved in hardcore or even like, you know, like the real hardcore. And I just see so many people get like wrapped up on, on Twitter over just like the stupidest stuff. And I'm just like, wow, I'm so glad that I just don't care. Don't let those things affect me because there's just not enough time in the day for me to do everything that I want to do. And I'm like fighting to just try to squeeze in everything that I like, you know, things that I enjoy. So like, I barely have enough time to do all the things that I want to do. So it's just like, I, I don't want to waste any of it on dumb shit like that. Yeah, for sure. That, and I, uh, you know, I stick to, I stick to simple tweets about, you know, maple lattes and, uh, you know, other dumb shit. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't really care to give my two cents on, on stuff, but you know, it is what it is, and uh, I move on. Yeah, yeah, same here. I, I, I tweet like I, I barely tweet, and and it's the majority of my tweets are um, you know promoting the podcast. But other than that, it's just like the most random stuff. I think like I, I tweeted this morning about how I'm like trying to learn uh the mechanics of this new uh raid it's like the hardest level raid in final fantasy 14 and it's just just hurts my brain to think about because all these little like intricate things that i have to like memorize and it's just really hard that was like the last thing i tweeted about but it's just like nobody really cares but i'm just like all right let me tweet about this versus trying to start an argument about something that doesn't even really matter you know for sure yeah i just i like the simple yeah. things 100 percent, and i i feel like uh so many people take social media like a little like too serious because uh, you know they want to put on like this weird like internet persona or whatever but for me i'm just like when i log on to this stuff i just want to have fun i want to laugh i want to see ridiculous shit and you know just post things that i like i'm not here to try to gain status or you know make people upset it's just like yeah like i said i, I there's not enough time today for me to to want to do that kind of stuff totally yeah i uh i like uh i like like photos like i 
I, I started taking um, more photos like in quarantine. Okay. Like very, very recently. And like, I've liked sharing. That's something that like, I like sharing on social media, just like, you know, like film photos or whatever. Yeah. I, I liked your little, uh, like your photo dump of like, uh, it, was, it was like the last post of uh, 2020. I was like, okay, these are some cool photos. Yeah. That's like, that's definitely one thing that like, I really, I do enjoy about uh, like social media and stuff. Like I, I definitely love to like share photos and stuff. So yeah, that's really, uh, that's really about it for me. I've been dying to ask you. So um, you and I are on video. Um, I can see a GameCube behind you. Oh yeah. I, I, so the Nintendo GameCube is my favorite system of all time. Okay. I think it has so many hits. It's ridiculous. Dude, Animal Crossing. That's all I need. Give me a GameCube and Animal Crossing. And I'll oh, yeah. Be I got, I, I have it right over there. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. Okay. Yeah, that's like a must have. If you own a GameCube, like, go get the OG Animal Crossing. It, it's so awesome. Yep. That was the GameCube was like, I got it for my, my I think like my 10th birthday, I oh, want to say. Wow, you were that and, young. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty young. <laughs> and, um, I, I got the, uh, I got the game and I don't even know how long it had been out at that point, but like, you know, I, I, I played GameCube at a friend's house and for a while, like I was just playing it at friend's house and stuff like that. Like I remember, I remember, uh, seeing like Luigi's mansion Mm -hmm. and I was like, this is, this is crazy. And then like, I remember seeing like sunshine. I was like, this is crazy. And, um, you know, uh, another another good one I'd played with friends was like SSX Tricky. That was fun. Yo. And um, basically, like I got I got the GameCube for like my tenth birthday, I think, and I played it for like three days straight. And to this day, it is still my favorite game system ever. I feel like that's the last system that Nintendo took, like trying to you know be that third company competing with Sony and Microsoft when it comes to, you know, putting out these games that were not only awesome, but like, you know, they actually cared about the graphics because that obviously after the game, you came the, the Wii, which were like, you know, became like more of like a family oriented system. And then the Wii U, which was like the fucking weirdest system. And then um, obviously we have the switch now, which I, I feel like they kind of, kind of um, are kind of going back to the old ways where they're trying to, um, you know, get these other companies involved and try to put out, newer games and games that can actually, you know, try to compete with, uh, you know, the PS five and the, um, new Xbox, but it's just like, I wish Nintendo would go back to how, how they did the GameCube when they took like, you know, took, uh, their system a little more serious. Cause think about that system. So many, so many hits, like straight up GameCube was a straight up competitor to the PS two and the Xbox. But when the, the, the Wii systems came out, zero competition they weren't even in line with uh you know ps3 xbox 360 i just felt like they just kind of fell off um but with the switch i feel like they kind of are going back to that but i wish they would just come out with some real hardware because obviously um i love the switch amazing console i love the handheld like i play the switch in handheld mode i rarely ever dock it but play it mainly in handheld mode but i wish nintendo would get back to trying to be like a like a real gaming system to compete with Sony and Microsoft. Cause I feel like they could do amazing things. Like imagine 
how insane like a like a Zelda would look with like these crazy graphics that we have now. Obviously, like you've seen like people with like doing mods with like the ray tracing and stuff, and it, it, it would be insane. Or even like a Mario. Mario is always amazing, but it's just like I wish they would uh, just kind of put more effort into the hardware and just try to push these Nintendo IPs to the next level because I feel like they would kill it. It would it'd be amazing, but I just don't know why they don't. Uh, one, I have one funny thing about the uh, the GameCube as well. Uh, my friend, my friend Parker, um, he has kind of gotten into like buying like old GameCube games. Like mm-hmm. he's trying to like build like a, like a little collection, and I I have a pretty nice collection of games. Like I've just kept over the years. Like I have, you know, I got I got a lot of the hits in a couple deep cuts. Um, he recently started doing this thing. I think it's like it's like a price charter like website. I don't really know. I forget what it is, but basically it's like you know, you look up the game and like you have like the case and the manual or whatever and you see how much like it, it, it's worth. And he's been like begging me to like do my my games. He's like he's like, dude, I just I just wanna know how much it's all like worth. Like I just wanna see and I tell him I'll I'll get to it and like I made an account. And I saw how much like work I needed to do. And I was like, ah, I don't really feel like doing this, but maybe I will eventually. <laughs> An- another amazing game that I should have mentioned was uh, Super Smash Brothers Melee. That came out on the GameCube, dude. My friends and I spent so many hours playing that game. It's amazing. E- even to to this day, that that game still holds up. It's still fun. I I have one. Um, I, I don't know if you, I don't know if I would consider it like a deep cut, but. One of my favorite GameCube games is uh, Chibi Robo. I don't know if you ever played that. No, I never played it. It's cool. It's it's really really cool. Um, you're like it's uh it's about like this little robot and it kind of like cleans like the whole house mm-hmm. and I, it, it's I don't know how I would describe it, but you could definitely just Google it and you'd be like, oh okay, I kind of get what this is. Okay. No. Yeah. I'll but do- yeah, no. It it had a bunch of other like like I love like. Paper Mario Thousand Year Door, like that's like that's a game I played a lot. Uh, Double Dash, you know, oh, amazing. Um, like the old, you know, like like four, five, and six, like the Mario parties. Uh, you know, Sunshine, um, Luigi's Mansion. I, uh, dude, think like about Star the, Fox. Think about the amount of Zeldas that came out on there. Yeah, yeah totally. Just, just think about uh, Twilight Princess. They did a GameCube version, but um, you know. Um, alongside the the Wii version which I thought was super sick. Mm, yeah, for sure. Oh, another one, Pikmin 2. I love I okay. I love that game. Pikmin's awesome. I know we're just rattling off games. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh yeah, so, so so many awesome games, man. But, but but that's sick. I'm I'm happy that I asked you about that cuz I've been staring at it like like a lot through this conversation. <laughs> well, <laughs> Well, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I've had that. I've had that GameCube for, uh, I don't know, like I my old one like died, like a couple years after I got it, and I was still like pretty young, and like that was like the world is over, mm-hmm. and then like the next day, or like a couple days later, like my my grandpa took me to like GameStop and we got a new one, but like I that's you know that's uh, I've had that one for, I don't know, like over 10 years for sure it's wild that's crazy but damn tj this has been awesome i'm so glad that we are finally able to get the podcast done i 
really appreciate you uh, taking the time and willing to, you know, um, work around my schedule. Like I apologize. Obviously I was sick, but I, I just appreciate you still willing to take the time and, um, you know, do it a, a whole week later. Yeah, dude, absolutely. I've, I've had a lot of, I've had fun. I, uh, I've only done like one other podcast and, uh, you know, I, I don't get to like talk a lot about the stuff that I, do and i'm passionate about so it was fun to do it today yeah no it was, it was definitely my pleasure like i said i'm a fan of every band that you're in i, I think they're all awesome and i was, I was just like man how's this guy get in all these good bands i i think i'm on the podcast just to talk to him and see what he's about so i seriously appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast but before we sign off is there anything you want to say or shout out yeah so one thing for rain i didn't get to talk i actually forgot to mention we actually have uh, in times of desperation, twelve inch coming out on Trip Machine Laboratories. Um, I think they're. I think they're going to be done like this month. Okay. But um, Chris has been like super awesome to work with, and um, I think we will have the records like I don't know, maybe end of February. Okay. Hell yeah, that's sick. But yeah, other than that, um, new Coil Records uh, down the line, LP down the line, uh, Adrenaline EP sometime, Soul Provider, no idea. <laughs> okay, hell yeah. But that's really, that's really, uh, I think that's really about it. All right. Well, seriously, thank you. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast. And I seriously appreciate everybody who tuned in, who's been patient and my time away. I am back. I beat COVID and I really appreciate everybody taking time to listen to this episode and we'll be back soon. 